So I talked about this game I'm playing, uh, yep. Kingdom Come Deliverance. Yep. And uh, I downloaded all the, the DLC, all the extra content, because I always do that when I buy a game. Just like, go for it, buy all the things. <laughs> and um, there's this quest in the DLC where one of your friends gets visited, supposedly, from the Blessed Virgin Mary. So I have to like help her out with her apparitions and stuff. Okay. Um, and during the course of this quest, uh, she I, I help out various sinners. And there's ways you can like cheat and steal people's money, but I was a good boy. And I helped out all these sinners, reform their lives, form their ways. Mm-hmm. A gambler, uh, a lady who worked at a bathhouse, all, all reformed, wonderful. Mm-hmm. But then she turns to you and goes, you're a sinner too. And I'm like, oh, am I? And then she talks about all of the sins that you have committed during the game, like killing people and stealing stuff and, and fornication, all these things your character has done storyline throughout the game. And she makes me go on a pilgrimage. So I have to take off all my armor and go barefoot and literally walk in the game to these shrines where mm-hmm. I pray at each shrine asking for forgiveness for like my in-game sins. Wow. And I'm utterly convinced that this game is a Catholic psyop now. Like you 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 make this pilgrimage, you you pray for your dead NPC parents as well. And the prayers are very nice. The guys say it's nice prayers. He goes to the church, kneels down before this image of the Blessed Virgin Mary, and you, you go through all of the things you, you want to pray for and that you're sorry for mm-hmm. and that you're repentant of. And then there's a you know how there's like a in games there's like a time passing Mm-hmm. Uh, thing like uh, skips time so skipping time and it says for three hours is you are praying for uh, repentance and for three hours in game time I was just praying for my sins and it was like I loved it I loved it so much it was so delightful you were like tempting me um, more and more to get a gaming system just so I can play this game it was ridiculous now uh, spoiler alert coming up ahead so I, I tried to figure out she obviously gets uh, arrested by the Inquisition right of course and gets put on trial yeah and she, she did preach without talking to a priest she's also a lay person a lay woman she shouldn't be preaching um, but I was able to get her um, not excommunicated or killed she repented of like the things that she did um, uh, very very medieval all of it but yes I went on a <laughs> a prayerful pilgrimage in a game and it was just the best and i loved it and it made me happy that's awesome that is like so are like you know so is this one of those games where you can like choose between doing good and bad things and like sometimes you just choose the bad things sometimes you choose uh the good things yeah or is it- sometimes you know like I want to steal some stuff to and get some money. Are there, money are so I can there buy more consequences armor. to your actions? I mean, clearly in this case there are. Here's all the sins you did. Go on yes. pilgrimage. Um, so, yes. like, are you tempted? Like, like because I've played games like this before, where it's like you're you're suddenly like given the chance to pretty much do whatever you want, <laughs> mm-hmm. and you kind of go for it. Like, especially in my more pagan days, like there's a game called Black and White, which was like you're essentially a god. <gasps> Yes, yes, I played that one. Yeah, and then like you're like, huh? I'm gonna be good, and then I'll essentially, like, man, these people are really annoying. I'm just gonna pick one of them up and throw them into the ocean, <laughs> you know, or throw a fireball at this town, right? You know, yeah. Uh, yes. um, where you're like, it's funny how like your 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 sinful tendencies, if you will, start to come out a bit more, even in game playing, where you're like, oh, let's see what this is like. Your your curiosity towards evil comes out because mm-hmm, you think, mm-hmm. oh, there's no real impact here. But maybe, maybe what I would like to propose is maybe there is. <laughs> maybe. I do know like I did notice a change in myself as I entered seminary where I could no longer like be a bad guy in video games. It bothered me too much. Right. It's especially tough like when I was playing um Knights of the Old Republic, the Star Wars game. Because all the cool force powers are like force lightning 
and force choke and force like all all our our bad guy powers but i didn't want to be a bad guy anymore because it yeah. Made me feel sad. So right, in this right. game, I've been I have been mostly a good boy, apart from stealing a few things. And you know, sometimes you're not sure if this guy's a bad guy or a good guy in the game. And I killed him. And I'm like, oops, I shouldn't have shouldn't have killed that guy. But overall, I'm trying to be a good right, boy. Killing in self defense in video games. I am killing in self defense. I use that argument, and she's like, okay, but you still kill people. That's still bad. And I was like, okay, fair enough. Um, but yeah, there are moral consequences. Mostly if you get caught doing bad things. Um, uh but uh yeah yeah so it's 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 great but i am a good boy in the video games i am a good boy in real life and we are good boys and good priests here on clerically speaking welcome to clerically speaking i am father anthony and i am father harrison um you know getting ready for world youth day but i'll use more of that in next episode i think we're we're behind the curtain we're doing a back-to-back here today because it's gonna be a bit shorter probably because uh uh I leave for World Youth Day in five days. So, yeah, um, that's crazy. But, um, you know, so just I guess, um, and I'm actually, this might be even a bit part of my pedagogical exhortations topic of it of sorts, but uh, I've been really struggling to get back into studying since I submitted my CRE submission, honestly. And I'm like, I'm like, I sometimes, I'm like, I've been like through the biggest brain fog in my life. I'm like, this is so weird. Like, we're, it's easier for me to just watch TV than read a book, which is not the norm. Mm-hmm. And I keep on watching shows. I don't really watch new shows. I just watch old shows I've watched over and over again, ten, generally, because yep. uh, I don't want to sign up for streaming services unless there's a show I like absolutely have to watch. Like I am kind of curious about what the new Ahsoka show is going to be like on Disney Plus, so I will pay for that for a couple months so I can watch it. Um, mm-hmm. But um, um, but you know, so I've been what I've been trying to do each day right now is just like force myself to read something, even if it's even if I'm not feeling like I'm getting anything out of it, which has been good. Um, it's like an article here, an article there. And then um, been trying to just write words, even if they're not good, just to say I've written something. <laughs> I don't know what it is. Like I'm trying to figure out if it's something, maybe it's something biological. Maybe I did have COVID when I was sick there and I'm just actually experiencing that post COVID brain fog stuff, which is possible. Hmm. Um, maybe it's something else. I don't know. I don't like it because I know I really love this stuff and I'm like, why is this not sticking? Um, yeah. Go ahead. Well, I mean, you were super stressed out and felt like you were like kind of down to the wire before your last thing. And maybe it's just like you, but that was like, that was um, the end of March. I guess so. It's been a long time. Maybe your brain's just weird. Maybe it is. So I'm using that as a weird segue to actually, you know, you're, you're moving product with the video game. I'm going to move products with schools. I am not being paid to do okay. this at all. But um, so the Maryville Institute, which is where I'm doing my schooling, my director of my PhD is also one uh, is the research program director for the school, Deacon Harry, uh, Deacon Harry. And he's um, they're in the post. They've been kind of retooling all their programs like and uh, so they're restarting their we're now it uh, looks like we're going to be partnering with St. Mary's now, which is in London, which is great. Um, mm-hmm. But they've also been retooling their licentiate program and their uh, bachelor's program, ecclesial bachelor's program. So they're starting a new ecclesial bachelor's in divinity, which is like essentially like an MDiv in North America. Um, yeah. So you get like the overview of Catholic theology preparing you for pastoral ministry. Um that's and cool. and it's all online and um and i what i want to say is that like so they're they already have 18 people signed up for the for this program starting up in september um i know they're trying to get a few more they have to kind of get a, a certain target but so they've asked me to help spread the word and i'm like absolutely i'll be happy to spread the word because like i've just been nothing but impressed with the school 
both of it at its academic rigor and the availability of teachers because like it's the UK tutor model. So you actually talk to teachers a lot about your ideas and everything. Oh, that's nice. Mm-hmm. And I've just been really impressed with them. So, you know, if it's something like you've thought about or I want to do, I would love to do some education in theology or I would love, you know, I thought about maybe doing some sort of lay ministry stuff, but I know I need some theological mm-hmm. education or maybe you're retired and just looking for something to do to beef up your own theological knowledge. Um, mm-hmm. I do think that what they offer is of high quality. And I do think that they're one of the best in terms of online Catholic education out there. Um, I mean, there's other schools and stuff too, obviously, but like um, this program, I think, and I looked at it, it's, it looks very solid. You get the whole overview of pretty much everything. Um, and they're also, I think, offering an early bird discount right now for the program. So anyways, I just want, so if you go to Maryville, dot ac dot uk if you're something that you're that you've been thinking about i would actually encourage you because like personally like a lot of the content of this podcast is the fruit of my time in this school Mm -hmm. and if you like what you've heard from me then that you know you're gonna get i mean okay i've been focusing on rats here obviously but and it's a phd level stuff but I really, that is the kind of quality I think that they give. It really, it's just so darn good. Um, so yeah, I'm, I am, I'm shilling a school right now for free because I, but I'm doing it for free. Cause like, that's how much I love my school. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, it sounds like you can get a good online education there, but you know where you get the best online education. Everyone knows the best online education is from Twitter. Yes. And we are heading back to it. Old school, we are, baby. We are bringing back for a special two-week uh, return to the classics, the Summa Tweetologica. Ah, oh, producer Nick here. Don't even know where that file is. Hold on. I'm just looking. I'm just looking for the... Yep. Oh, here it is. Good. Don't have to sing it live. Summa tweetologica. Summa tweetologica. Summa tweetologica. Summa tweetologica. We talk about the So we're just a little baby Suma here because uh, you found a, a tweet that you want to talk about next episode. So yeah. I, I, I loaded up the old Twitter machine and did some scrolling and found this delightful tweet from Father Andrew Hedstrom at Proto-Apostoli. And his tweet is as thus. Pope Francis named my pastor to the Episcopate, which, good call. But like, who's going to cover the other three Sunday Masses now? <laughs> And this is great because this is the intersection of like the big church hierarchy and the day to day work of a priest. <laughs> like I'm sure Father Andrew's like and super not just pumped that any to priest. Have his like pastor. he's a younger priest. He's an associate. Yeah, he's an and associate. Like, and now his pastor's gone. Like he's deer stuck in the headlights. <laughs> uh, you know, it's it's funny because very rarely do like big uh, Episcopal appointments and stuff. I think um, directly impact our lives this way. It happened to me in seminary. This actually happened to me. Uh, our rector was Monsignor uh, Burns, 
And he had just come back from the USCCB doing stuff there, came back to Pittsburgh. Bishop made him our rector. He was my first rector when I entered seminary. And then uh, I may have told this story before, but one morning we had a, an emergency holy hour. Like we all had to wake up at like 6 a.m. to go to this holy hour. And we we're all very annoyed at this whole thing. Talk and about we're, like, theological emergencies. Right? And <laughs> the bishop goes up and reads this letter saying that our, our rector, Monsignor Burns, had been uh, elected as Bishop of Juneau, Alaska. And it was like a surreal, like fever dream. Like, what is this real? Is Juno a real place? What? What's going on? That directly affected us. But I can't, uh, you know, um, going back to mm -hmm. uh, Father Andrew's uh, tweet, it's just what are the concerns of the church universal and what are the concerns of a parish? Right. And the concerns of the parish are very often like, we need priests to fill mass times. Yeah. And I just, I just like that intersection in this tweet. Yeah. So there I, you go. I thought it was quite adorable and uh because i mean okay so he's been named bishop but does that mean he has to like leave right away who knows um it depends on when the ordination day and stuff i guess is right but also he's probably gonna be busy he has to like go buy bishop and, clothes go to bishop yes, baby school yes. and do Although all this sometimes stuff. they do that after they're ordained a bishop uh mm -hmm. i think because they only do it once a year to my knowledge yeah, we gotta um, plan parties. You gotta yes, you know, and I mean like talk I, with twenty people. bucks says okay. So this is L.A. They just named four auxiliaries. Uh, clearly, Archbishop Gomez has been in conversation with the nuncio about all this, so he knew that this was coming. He probably knew who the names were beforehand, and so mm -hmm. was probably working out with his personnel committee about who's going to fill in for these guys once they're named, because like so he probably doesn't have to worry too much in that sense. Mm -hmm. Um, like or I would you know God forbid, but if I like. If that's something like that happened where I worry, it's like, well, now Bishop knows who I am and I'm in his diocese. And I just pray that they never ask something more of me. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's Father Andrew, the, what you need to do now is just drop the ball a little bit. Like, yes. don't ruin yes. anything. Don't destroy your parish. Just what, those three extra Sunday masses be, you're not sure about. Just don't show up for one of them one day to see what happens. Just one of them or just, just be late. Just be late. Be late. Just Maybe show that late. you're just incompetent enough not to take on any kind of like higher office exactly. but not so much that you'll get in trouble that's the exactly. sweet spot this is, right there this is uh, <laughs> this is the secret to the clerical life yes <laughs> this, is, this is the real secret to it all is that you want to suck at it just enough that you don't that you're never called to something more but you never want to right. suck so much that you actually aren't bringing your people to deeper holiness right and i think there's there's that's that's the sweet spot you like i mean is that not don't... virtue is that not virtue virtue <laughs> but to be in that it's happy definitely prudence <laughs> exactly my eternal uh, salvation um, but yeah I mean like I also think about like what is the experience of the fact like you know you wake up the next day and your pastor tells you yeah so I've just been named a bishop I, I think you, you bust out the bourbon I think you have a drink I think that's what at, at uh, that time of the day <laughs> that early what's that that early absolutely how often do people get named a bishop just you tell the staff to go home Cancel all the events in the evening. Oh my gosh! Like that's there's the other stuff. Like imagine the phones going off. Like if I was in the office, I'd be putting it on oh, right. autorespondent, mm -hmm. and just be like, oh yeah. And same with my email. Like just autorespond. I have a new email now that I'm going to be a bishop, so I will deal with these insofar as I can, and just like mm -hmm. put it on auto. <laughs> just put everything on autorespondent because turn my turn the phone off. I mean, clearly this pastor didn't think prudently enough and didn't turn his phone oh. off ahead of time so that the nuncio couldn't get right. a hold of him. Right. Um, you can't be named a bishop if the nuncio can't get a hold of you. How can you be named a bishop unless you say yes? And they can only say yes if they get a hold of you. And they can only get a hold of you if they can usually call you. If they can only call you if you have your phone on you. 
Just run into the woods. Just if as soon as you get a, a imagine whip. you imagine it got so bad that uh you know you actually that the nuncio actually calls like the assistant and the assistant yeah. sees the nuncio's <laughs> number on his cell phone and just like freaks out like <laughs> now I'm just imagining like a, a priest like running through the woods trying to hide from the nuncio and then like papal helicopters are circling above overhead yeah. trying to track this guy down. Right. Just like throwing crozers at the guy, seeing maybe see if one of them hits him in the head. And then he has to become exactly <laughs> throwing zacchettos like I saw like like their candy yep. and just um mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and then the chrism oil just pouring it down until it finally catches his his head. Exactly. And like, like ah, a military grade now. chrism. Yeah, <laughs> super soaker. <laughs> it is important for you to know that, that about this. One of the things that's important to know about all this is that you, a, bit, a person can say no to when they're asked to be a bishop. Yeah, and apparently that happens. Apparently uh, it's happening never, a lot from what I've that's, heard. That's, that's the grapevine, but Here's you never know for sure. We say, we hear, we, because, I mean, people may not know the whole process of this stuff, right? Um, oh, right, yeah. Where you, priests often will be like asked about you know, who do you think might be a good bishop in your diocese or like, who do you think a priest would be good bishop quality or for something like this, they'll get letters from the nuncio office because um, maybe the bishops recommended your name for consultation or something like this. And you're bound by the pontifical seal, which means you're not allowed to tell anybody that you got a letter. Yeah. And you're not allowed to tell anybody that you've participated in the process or haven't participated in the process or whatever. It's kind of like confession. Um, Mm -hmm. Um, um, and it's uh, it's uh, yeah. This is the so, and then that cake goes to the nuncio, who kind of puts together a bit of a list for the places, place or places he's looking at. Since the Rome, it gets smaller, and they put a list like three names for a diocese or whatever to the bishop to the pope. I don't know how it works with auxiliary bishops because like usually auxiliary bishops. Hello, this is Father Anthony. Uh, well, what's up? And it was at this moment when Father Anthony was called to the episcopacy. That's right, you heard it live here on Clerically Speaking. <laughs> Alright, you still there? Yep. Okay, good. Sorry. Uh, <laughs> so, no weird day in Paris. Um I, I was just gonna say that I think uh you know, with auxiliaries, it's usually priests from its own diocese, usually, right? So, it's um, it's a bit of a different process. Um, all and it's and I think I would not be surprised if the archbishop pretty much has sole say in who his auxiliaries are going to be at that point. But um, anyways, it's just an interesting process, and um, and God forbid it, and and God help any priest who says yes. Yes, I mean, I mean, genuinely, <laughs> genuinely. Yes, I mean that genuinely, not not in the sarcastic sense of that word. No, that, that being said, like if you, I mean, um, this is something that, that bothers me a little bit because we, you know, we've heard the thing is like, how do we, how have we, quote unquote, heard that people are saying no? Because no one has a stronger gossip game than diocesan priests. Period. It's just amazing. Like church yeah. ladies got nothing on priests as far as like gossiping, talking about stuff and hearing stuff. Okay. Well, this is the thing, like, right? Yeah. I was just gonna say because we we're not supposed to talk about the process, and yet it gets out pretty quickly that you, a lot of guys stuff, are saying yeah. no. But like, if you're a halfway decent priest, like just I mean, could you do a worse job right now? Like, come on, right. go for it, do it. Why but not? Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna ask you the question. The question. Okay. Which we yeah. get, we do it. It's funny, priests get asked this all the time. But I think it's worth asking once in a while 
not because it's like actually something nobody i don't think anybody in the right mind actually yearns for this position if they do i think they're a little no. crazy but yeah. if you work if the nuts you called you would you say yes no oh, yeah i would yeah why not it's too crazy would, not to would say it yes depend, to. would it depend on the place um if it was a place that i felt like i if you were named to do in alaska <laughs> you know what if if the pope wants to make me a bishop then whomst am i to say no and go to well junior alaska is no longer a diocese but uh if right. they sent me to anchorage or whatever right why not there's only one life you know on this side of uh of heaven yeah mm. sure i mean I i'm sure people could do a worse job than me you know a young priest course that you should actually ponder this mystery and, and pray about it because it's a possibility that you might be one of those people who gets that call one day mm -hmm. and you'd be ready to say yes or no essentially um if that call comes and i just thought that was like and we heard this from bishops right and this is to all the priests like yeah. all guys ordained seven years or younger or something like that so yeah. um um so they're telling us to all of us because they said you know some of you will be bishops one day like this is just a matter of fact um yeah so just you have to be prepared spiritually prepared i've always found that helpful it's like i had to pray about i've had to pray about that then too I, I mean, I think my answer would be the same, uh, except that I would say, like, if they asked me to go to Whitehorse, I'd say, I don't think this is a good idea for these reasons. Let me come and talk to you about this. Why? I'm not saying no to being a bishop. I just don't think that I'm the right person for a place like that. Because sure, I've, actually, like I've that. actually spent time up there, and I know what it's like, mm -hmm. and I would go crazy. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, you know? yeah, well, yeah, why not? Yeah. Uh, it'd be fun. Go to a diocese, burn everything down. Elmo mean Fire everybody. Diocese. Yes. Bring something crumbling to the ground. Sounds great. Sounds like a good time. Sounds like a good crucifixion. Okay. Um, right. Speaking of crucifixion, presbyteral uh, exhortations? And now it is time for presbyteral exhortations. Oh, yes. yes. Quite good. Quite good. Indubitably. Oh, I bet they can't wait to learn. They're gonna learn oh, it's my favorite part. Oh, it's the best part. Yes. Quite. Yes. Quite. <laughs> I, I, wait, wait. Is that work. your theme or is you talking, are you calling presbyteral exhortations a crucifixion? It's or definitely what about, not why, my why theme. Not both? It's, Why not both? It's, it might be a little bit my theme. We'll find out how the conversation goes because it's going to be a conversation because something fascinating happened to me father harrison fascinating okay a, a big change a a um watershed moment in my uh priesthood happened uh, oh. a few months ago and i like to talk about it you ready i am ready Let's so go. there is a a uh, actually a listener to the podcast whose name i'm not gonna say but she is a parishioner of mine and a listener to the podcast and she is known to give books to priests one of these mm -hmm. good and kind and holy souls who gives books to priests. Um, and I, I've seen her give books to my pastor and stuff. And she's like theological stuff, spiritual stuff that they have talked about or whatever. And uh, one day she uh, gives me a book on confession. I'm like, oh, that's nice. You know, nice little book on confession. Cool. Kinda, I kind of put it away because like, I'm reading other stuff. I don't want to read this, whatever. And then, you know, a couple weeks later, she gives me two more books on confession. Like how to be a confessor. And that, like, worried me a little bit. Like, you've given me three books in a row on how to be a confessor. And I kind of, like, half-jokingly said, am I really that bad of a confessor? And she says, in so many words, yeah, you could be better. Hmm. And I was like, what? <laughs> my, my ego, my pride, a, a wound, an arrow straight to the heart, Father Harrison. <laughs> like, hmm. this nice, good, kind, holy woman who's like, yeah, you could, you could be a better confessor. So I'm, I'm giving you these books for these reasons. 
Interesting. So a few things on that. First of all, that's pretty bold for someone just to go up to a priest and be like, you should you should work on this. You're not great at this, right? right. Um, so kudos to her for doing that. But also, course, like, does it no. in charity? Like, not in, like, yes. a spiteful way? No, no, no. Not at all. And, and the charity was confirmed, uh, like, a week or two later. She gives me this very nice note um, saying, like, you know, um, I, I know priests get critiqued for everything all the time, and I don't want to be that person. It's just, like, you're really good at these things. We love having you as a priest, but this is an area you could grow in. And after reading that, I was like, okay, um... Am I so prideful that I can't even crack open one of these books or think and pray about the way I, I hear confession? Um, and the answer was yes. So I, I ignored that for a couple more days. And then finally, I started bringing this to prayer. This is how this is my spiritual life works. The Lord like says, hey, you should work on this. And go, eh, no. And then a few weeks later, I'll actually start doing it. Right. I'm like the opposite of Blessed Virgin Mary. She goes with haste at the prompting of the Holy Spirit. I, I just take a nap and, and, and put it on the back burner for a while. Right. Um, anyway, so started praying with this. And I started reading one of the books. And it was very, very sort of basic stuff. Um, uh, not a lot of like insights in it, but it was good. It's fine. It's something like you would give to like a uh, um, seminarian for like a confession class. But I was thinking more and more about like, okay, um, my experience in the confessional. Hmm. And my experience uh, has been kind of a frustrating one hmm. uh, for me personally. Mm -hmm. uh, and I, may, I don't know if I mentioned this before on the podcast, but a lot of times priests will say like their favorite part of being a priest is hearing confessions. Um, and they right. say it because not because we like to hear dirty secrets or anything like that, but because you get to experience God's transforming mercy work through you. Right. Um, right. It's it's an area where you can bring a lot of healing, um, welcoming people back to the church. It's just a beautiful sacrament in that way. But for me, it was kind of an annoying sacrament. Hmm. Um, I'll be honest. Uh, like I would get very frustrated in the confessional. None of this I would actually like try to voice or like tell that person. I was always very kind of gentle. Um, but like I found myself being interiorly judgmental, mm -hmm. being very distracted and bored in the confessional. And we hear a lot of confessions, so I was kind of just kind of moving through them. To be honest, mm -hmm. you know, here's your penance, go in peace. That's the kind of deal. Um, I was thinking about that and. Um, even though the confessional is not like primarily a place for spiritual direction, um, at the same time, for a lot of people, this is the only bit of direction that they will get in the parish, right? Because you can't be a spiritual director for everyone in the parish, but you can't give people a little something. Um, so I began to just kind of pray about this, realize that I've, I've been kind of just being mechanical about this. Um, and started to think like I could do a better job at this. Um, mm -hmm. I'm gonna pause for a second. Any thoughts on, on, on my story so far? Yeah, I got a, a couple things. Like I remember from my earlier days of priesthood, I would take a lot more time to engage with people's sins and enter into a bit of a conversation mm -hmm. with things, kind of like a spiritual direction yeah. thing. I've stopped that more and more. Not because I don't want to do it, A, because I'm like the only guy in my parish and confessions have right. been on an increase, which is great. Um, but like, you know, like I remember still one time, I think I mentioned on before on the podcast where it was like, it was like Holy Tuesday and like 30 people showed up for confessions for the half hour confessions yeah. I had before mass. And I told people like not, no one's been showing up for other confessions, so I'm not adding anything else. And uh, yeah. I had, I had trainings after that. And I'm like, I told everyone, uh, 
say how come in, say how long it's been since your last confession, state what you did, how many times. I'm gonna give a penance. You're gonna say your your thing, and then I'm gonna be gone. And I'm gonna give you absolution. You're gone. Like I had to like just yeah. pound them out because I got through like 22 people in a half an hour. It was it was <laughs> it was a machine because yeah. that's I I had to do that based on what we had. Um, right. So, and I wonder about that sometimes. I'm like, oh, I just don't. And I, cause I, I, I hear you on that stuff. Like, I do think there can be those annoyances, or uh, you're like, okay, like, get on with it. Like, <laughs> I don't need to hear the whole story or something like this or that or this. Mm-hmm. And, or you lose patience for whatever reason. All this stuff. Um, so I have like you know, and I'm trying to be better about saying like, I don't have anything to say. And if I don't have anything to say, that just give your penance. I just say that. I'll say mm-hmm. I have nothing. Nothing is coming to mind. Right now, so for your penance, do this. Now, please see the act of contrition. But at the same time, I do think I wonder if maybe there is too much of an expectation that it become like spiritual direction. Yeah, I think that could be a thing. Um, like, I guess my question is like, so I mean, I, you don't have to say much, but I'm like, what, like, what is it that they felt you needed to be better at? I don't know, but okay, so. When, you when I, that, um, but, you know, yeah, right, right, right. So, um, uh, when I first was ordained a priest, I would really, cause there was so much emphasis placed on like saying stuff to the confessee. Um, that was just like, that's what a good confessor does. Um, you're a good confessor. If the confessee like cries at your amazing, beautiful wisdom. Um, and I would try a little bit too hard to like either connect all the sins or do spiritual direction or that sort of thing. And, it was very tough. And I think I swang to the opposite side over time. Right. Um, but I think the thing is with me is that I really wasn't actually listening to the Holy Spirit while I was hearing confessions. Mm-hmm. It became purely mechanical. Mm-hmm. And I've noticed a, a change in that in me uh, where now that I'm I am praying about it, listening more, a few things have happened. Um when I have, like, for certain occasions or things, like, saying a few things um, to, like, help people out and not taking, it doesn't take a long, you know, right. it's two minutes, uh, if that. Um, and there are still times where it's like, well, it's a run-of-the-mill confession and there's a line and there's nothing right. really to say here. Here's your penance and that sort of thing. Um, it's not like I have to come up with a super clever penance every single time. I think that's a little bit overrated. Um, but what I've noticed is... I've begun to enjoy confessions mm-hmm. again in the sense that like now, instead of me just kind of being this mechanical sacrament dispenser, mm-hmm. just kind of that change in, in, in attitude about prayerfully listening to people mm-hmm. um, and offering something if the spirit prompts me to. I think that's that's what I'm trying to get to. Um, if like the spirit is is prompting me to ask a question or to get a clarification or to say something to a person then to do it mm-hmm. and before I, right. I just don't think i was doing that yeah yeah, yeah. and i, I think, like I mean, turned off that and i've kind of even if it's not conscious i mean i think that's been my kind of approach to confession in general um mm-hmm. where it's okay listening i'm listening to your words i'm listening to your sins hmm. like like for example if it's all like kind of really small stuff and i'm not like nothing's sticking mm-hmm. out like I'm yeah. used, like for like you know sometimes like it might be like they maybe it's like a really small sin like you know I was um I was like too gluttonous a couple times okay mm-hmm. 
but like for whatever reason, something sticks out there. And so you just ask, like, I'm just kind of curious, like, what was it that prompted that, right? That's where the question comes. And maybe something comes up, maybe something, maybe it's you, maybe it's the Holy Spirit, maybe who knows? And like, so I'll do that sometimes, right? But it's, um, but yeah, I will say, like, I think that's always been my kind of stance towards it. I, I know myself, I think part of it's also environment because where I am right now is essentially a temporary confessional until we kind of re- renovate our old confessionals. And I think when I'm in there, mm-hmm. it'll be even easier. Like there's something about like space and environment that helps all this stuff too. Sure. Um, because I think you're right. Like I do think I, I, just listening to the Holy Spirit and just like, because it's the same thing with spirit direction, right? Like, that's what you're trying to do. Yes. Why'd you say this? Like, wait, wait, whoa, whoa. Why is there's this pattern here? Right. And, um, mm-hmm. and that's all it really is. Like, it's not about having to, um, yeah, it cannot be a 25 minute jaw session. Um, yeah. Right. But, and if there's nothing, like, I think that's the other thing is we should be okay with if the priest doesn't have anything to say, that's okay too. Mm-hmm. Cause maybe, maybe he's tired. Maybe he's hearing, maybe he's like, maybe he's worn out. Maybe, uh, maybe he's got a headache. Maybe, maybe he's just having a bad day. Right. <laughs> and in the end, like, I just think this is yeah. the thing. It's like, and there is something about the art of confession for sure. But at the same time, mm-hmm. there's something about the grace that works through it, despite the worthiness, unworthiness, uh, human effectiveness of the confessor themselves. And I just, mm-hmm. you know, I just worry, I guess that was my little worry about it all. But it's like, what is the expectation of what a good confessor is? Yeah. And I think it's, it's, it's a fair, um, worry in that. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, but you know, <laughs> The other thing is, I think it's also in kind of bouncing off this topic to to something else. But um, I think we as priests are under a lot of pressure to always enjoy the things we should enjoy in the priesthood. Right. If that makes sense. Yep. Right. Like there's a pressure that's like, you know. Uh, mass should be your favorite thing, or preaching should be your favorite thing, or hearing confession should be your favorite thing. Anointing sick, like that should always like doing every single priest thing should give you life. There's in a an weird equal competitive, measure. and there's also, and, and then there's also weird competitiveness of like, well, you're only a good priest if this sacrament's your favorite or that sacrament's your favorite. Yes, <laughs> right, and that's super not healthy. No, um, and I think you know part of the reason why I was ignoring this kind of lack in my um ministry because i didn't want to face that and i always felt kind of embarrassed about like when some priests would talk about how much i love confession i was like i don't think i really do very much Mm. um and uh there it can be that pressure on on priests and like um i think because you you start learning how to be a priest the day you're ordained Mm -hmm. like that's when you start it doesn't matter how many years you go to seminary and stuff seminary is really good for helping you figure out yourself yep which is like the baseline important stuff you know get emotionally psychologically spiritually baseline healthy like that's in an education like that's all seminary can do and if it does that it's done a great job um but you don't know what it's like to be a priest until you actually start being a priest and doing these things um and a lot of times i think for guys there's not a lot of people like what who do you talk to if maybe secretly you're, you're you don't like going to the hospital and anointing the sick like right. you feel awkward about it yeah, yeah. um or or, or like, you know, like I don't think I'm very good at preaching or um, right. like homilies give me anxiety every time I do right. try to do them or, or yeah, or like confession doesn't seem to bring me a whole lot of joy. A lot of times I get cranky hearing confessions. Mm-hmm. Um, I think there's a pressure on guys like, do we feel comfortable going to each other to talk about that kind of stuff? Right. Right. Because you, 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 
Like you're gonna face these problems oh, yeah, yeah. as a priest. I mean, like I can tell you that like if there's a sacrament that I kind of feel kind of quote unquote grumpy towards. I mean, well, yeah. So here's the thing. Like I would feel the same yeah. way sometimes towards anointing of the sick. Not because like it's mm-hmm. just I for me, it's the I don't know what I'm entering into, and that's always really hard for me to do without some mm-hmm. sense of context or I don't know who I'm going to meet. Like it's not about the sickness. Mm-hmm. I that's not the issue. It's just like I don't know who I'm going to meet. I don't know what I'm I don't I don't have any context. And context is like just really important for how I behave uh in general. Mm-hmm. Um and honestly, like and this is I mean, it's kind of sad and I've had to, you know, I'm praying it through because like I don't like it honestly that it that it, it is my attitude, but baptisms are the things mm-hmm. I least enjoy right now. <laughs> mm-hmm. And and there's a simple reason for, for it. Why? Because most people asking for it have don't actually care. Yeah. Okay. Let me yeah, rephrase that. Let me rephrase this. This is not true. Uh, yes. They care, but maybe to yes. to a degree that is like not even close. Like I guess my my brain goes to. You're you're saying at the church that you're going to raise them in the practice of the faith, and then you don't show up for Sunday ever again. You just lie to God. Yeah. <laughs> like. Um, it can make you better. It makes you bitter, right? And it's just like, and it, and it just and it can suck up right now until we get this reorganization project. Then it it's it takes up a lot of my time in terms of meeting with couples and everything, mm-hmm. right? Um, and you even feel a little dirty because it's like, oh, thank you, Father, and then they give you an envelope with a hundred bucks in it or something like that to say thank you. Yeah. <laughs> and I feel like I just got, I feel like well, I feel used. I feel used. I think actually that mm-hmm. is part of the priesthood because I think that's a part of any vocation. You are going to be used. Right, parents mm-hmm. are going to be used by their children. <laughs> Priests are going to be used yeah. by the people, and I think it's frustrating in the sense of no matter seems what we do to try to bring them in, nothing seems to work. And so baptisms become very hard. Like so, what we've done now, honestly, is to say we have baptisms once a month. This is the day mm-hmm. it happens. If you want baptism, mm-hmm. this is we're going to. Sh- but I also say to parishioners who are active, any day, any time, we'll do a baptism. And those are joyful for me mm-hmm. because these are people I've gotten to know, right? And like, I want to get the people. I want to get to know the people who who don't come, but it's hard to even make the time for that. Like, it's just it's a it's a self pressuring mm-hmm. problem, and and uh, my secretary can definitely attest to this. It is it is a hard thing at times to bear all that, and I don't like it because baptism should be joyful. I just I think for me the frustration is not even so much that they're not coming back or that they're going to lie at the day of the baptism. It's that I don't know what to right. do to bring them in. Yeah, you feel helpless. Powerless. Yeah. Yeah. Mhm. Um cuz you also like you like you want to give this child eternal life, right? That's a thing that we like yes. doing. <laughs> yes, <know>? exactly. <laughs> you know, um but it's it is that. And I, so I don't personally have this um, difficulty, um, but like you also have someone who probably you'll hear that the families from ba- in regards to baptisms, right? Because you guys probably get so many. Yeah, yeah. We actually, you know, we've we've got two deacons. We've got a big exactly. staff of deacons do a great job with yeah. meeting with people. Um, uh, and and most of the time, at the very least, I see the the we have baptisms right after mass. Um, so at least I see them at mass. You know. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, so at least they get to hear at least one homily, <laughs> you right. know, before the kid gets back. I don't know. Yeah. Um, yeah. Or like, like I said, some some priests uh, have difficulty with weddings for the same reason. Yeah. I have seen that a couple of times, though, where people show up at the end of mass for the baptism. <laughs> at some at parishes that do that. I've seen that before. <laughs> it's like, so they don't even show up for the mass. <laughs> mm-hmm. 
but yeah 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 yeah, yeah. um but uh, like, like, I, like i said like sometimes oh go ahead i was gonna say i think at, at, with this though it's okay to say this because it's not like a it, this is part of like just natural human emotions it's not saying i hate the sacraments mm-hmm. or anything this is just saying no, i yeah. recognize in my humanity that i'm having a sour experience around this and mm-hmm. it's not the sacraments fault necessarily and it's no. not necessarily even other people's faults, but it's like, like it's hard to be used, for example, right? <laughs> um, mm-hmm. That's not an easy thing to experience. So you're, but you got, and so you, I think we're, we're trying to say though too, is you just want to be careful that it doesn't turn towards a resentment towards the sacrament. Right. I think all this is, is an experience of the weakness of the priesthood. Right. Um, like, like we know we know we've been told like as priests you're chosen because you're weak that way um you know when you're weak god is strong and he it's a reminder that he's the one doing the things and you're just his instrument and all that that being said a lot of times we can kind of forget that in the sense that like sometimes that weakness looks kind of ugly Mm -hmm. you know that weakness comes in the fact that like you are cranky at the 7 a.m mass or (laughs) she said there's a sunday mass and like like Sometimes you get, you know, I love my altar service. I love them all. But every priest has the experience of where, like, you tell an altar server to do something, and they look at you like they don't know where they are or what the mass is or, or what, what a chalice is or what anything is. Yeah. And you're like, what language are you speaking? Like, it just does not work because, you know, they're young Latin kids and they're, they just no. woke up too, you know? <laughs> Yes. All right. <laughs> right. And like sometimes I'll happen like three times in the mass and I get ticked off, you know, and I, I don't, you know, yell at the kids or anything like that. But like I'm cranky then. And that's not like pretty. That doesn't seem holy, but that's kind of where I'm at in the middle right. of the mass. Right. right. Yeah, yeah. Um, And dealing with that kind of weakness. Yeah. Yeah. Or, you know, dealing with the weakness that like I'm, I'm cranky in the confessional right now. Right. Um, and that's a part of priesthood um that they don't i don't think we talk about enough like in our like kind of ugly kind of weakness right um that's gonna be a part of your vocation um right you know um and i think you know if you're a priest a younger priest and you're online and you see priests talking about the joys of priesthood Mm -hmm. um that's genuine like i have so many i love so much about the priesthood and yeah. i wouldn't trade this life for anything yeah but sometimes you're in a rough place and when you hear other people talk about how much they love confessions and you don't feel like you do like that can make you better too yeah like what's wrong with me right you know am i you know it gets into questions of worthiness and all this other stuff and that's yeah. that's that's a dark place to be yeah um so i wish we were better at talking to each other about stuff we don't like we just need to be better or as a stuff church that we're about being with. like human with one another which says here's my strengths and my weaknesses yeah. here's what i'm good at and not good at and i'm going through a sucky day and it's just the way it is and like that's okay mm-hmm. and that's okay that's part of being human yeah. like we just need to be more human essentially and yeah. stop with the whole facades of things super priest yes no one is a super priest um I guess I'll, I'll end on this. Um, the beautiful thing about the original story yeah. is a few things. One, that this this woman who's a parishioner of mine uh, felt comfortable enough with me to speak a difficult truth to me. And that was beautiful. You know, uh, that came out of a place of charity and love uh, and support. And I, not that that was like... Uh, it was a new experience in this kind of way where like someone like genuinely wanted to help me in my priesthood and took actions to do that and did so in a really kind way. 
I'm very, very grateful for that. I like I, it was mm -hmm. that, that whole experience was beautiful. Um, realizing that I can continue to grow as a priest is always encouraging to me. You know, it's mm -hmm. like, okay, here's the thing that I, that the Lord can work on with me and we can get better at. And like, that's right. a huge relief for me. Like I'm not, it was a reminder that I'm not stuck where I'm at, that right. I can continue to grow as a priest and be a better priest through the experience. Um, uh, so I really, uh, appreciated like that as well. It's been mm -hmm. very encouraging and something that, you know, was making me kind of upset. Now I look forward to it more. It, it's right. more life-giving for me in this it, it's, it has some feel of it was i came from a place of love yeah right yeah exactly and it wasn't like a oh um, i don't and that's like really you cool. and a place of like yeah. yeah yeah exactly and like the, the the courage it takes to like approach a priest and like say something like that is huge and so like just my respect for this person has grown a whole lot because that's not an easy thing to do right um and uh like now there's another new aspect of my priesthood that i am rediscovering yeah um so it was very encouraging the whole thing nice. was very encouraging nice um and it's kind of like in my kind of being forced to face my weakness um i, I learned a lot from that so cool. there you go cool. that's that's my visceral I'll just, exhortation i'll just for add on to that quickly and i'm sorry if there's a bit of a delay we're gonna Please. fix the wi-fi thing for the next session here um but yeah. um you know, I had a similar ish encounter with someone the other day where it's like, but I've always liked working with her. Well, we might not, we don't agree on stuff sometimes and, and probably yeah. have different ecclesiologies, et cetera. Um, but, and she said a couple things to me. I'm like, oh, yeah, I do. I never thought of that. You're right. You're right. Thank you. Mm -hmm. And I was like, thank you. I just, I, I didn't even see that perspective. And I do appreciate you hearing, I do appreciate hearing those things. Right. And it's mm -hmm. life giving. And that's the way it should be. Yep. Right. Because I know I'm not perfect. I know I make mistakes and I know I don't see the whole thing all the time and I'm making my decisions to the best of my ability with what I have. And, and, uh, sometimes I make the wrong one and that's part of the Christian life. But the Christian life is to say, okay, I want to share this with you out of love and to tell you the truth mm -hmm. in love. And that's it. Yeah. Word. Great. All right, guys. Thanks for listening. Please leave a review on iTunes and tell your friends about the podcast. Tell your enemies too, because Jesus says we must love our enemies. Um, you can find me on a video game pilgrimage to repent of my many sins. You can find me on Twitter at FR Harrison. Oh, did you just appear again? Where can they find you, Father Harrison? On Twitter at FR Harrison. Uh, contact the podcast and receive updates at Clerical Pod on Twitter. Find us on Facebook, YouTube, or email us at clericallyspeaking at gmail.com. Do you have a theological emergency? Call 412-912-7995. That's 412-912-7995. Peace. God bless.